What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholki, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the TSK Show, Tyler is back, so we will discuss our top moments in sports from 2019 as the whole crew is back together for the first time in the new year. We'll also preview the NFL divisional round of the playoffs as some teams we are accustomed to seeing are going to be watching this round from the couch. We're also going to give an update on the coaching carousel going on in the NFL as a couple more spots have been filled. And then to close the show, we'll transition to some hoops talk as we'll discuss Kevin Love and the situation going on with him in Cleveland as well as some trade talk as we are a month away from the NBA trade deadline. All right, let's start the show. What's going on, TP? Welcome back, man. How was your vacation? It was good, man. Good to get out of town for a little bit. Go see the fam. Uh, it was good, man. Good. Well, it's good to have you back, man. It's it's nice to have the full crew back in the studio once again. Oh, yeah. We missed you. Big time. Yes, sir. We're back at it. Jacob, how you doing, brother? Good. How are you, Eric? Chilling, chilling. Like a villain. 2020. Yeah. Uh, so this is the, the first time in the new year the whole crew is back together. So we thought we'd start it off with uh, some of our top sports moments of 2019 since it's now 2020. Tyler, why don't you start us off? Uh, I had a bunch. I just started racking them down. Start listing them. But uh, I won't go too into depth, but uh, the Jadavion Clowney trade. Oh, yeah, big time for the Hawks. Uh, going, to the, going to Seattle. He's wearing, um, the, he's wearing a jersey, too. On top of that, Marshawn is back with Seattle. so He's wearing Marshawn's jersey. Yeah. Oh, made, no, yeah. He <laughs> made the return in 2019. Uh, pretty crazy. And then um, also had, you know, Cole Anthony siding with the Tar Heels. That was a big one this year. The the Nate Diaz masked all fight was badass. Yeah. Even though the ending was rough. Um, and then on top of that, Colby, Colby getting his jaw broke. That might have been number one. Yeah, sports moment of the year, and then um, I had Russ Russ's twenty 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 one game after Nipsey Hustle. Oh yeah, away. that's a good one. That's a uh, great moment. You know that was, uh, and he let he let everybody know uh, what he did. He counted it, it up, what time. it was for. Yeah, twenty 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 or twenty 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 one or yeah, whatever it was. But yeah, no, that, he made sure the, to get the the sixty one, so it was yeah, plural for sixty. The Nipsey the Nipsey game was great, and then. The other ones are just like the D Wade, the D Wade World Tour. Yeah, that's a was, good one. Was great. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been great, kind of like you know Mahomes of the year before that. But um, and then you know Bronny, Bronny's high school, his debut, yeah, his debut, kind of coming to life. Um, those were kind of the the big ones to me that that stood out. Okay, Jacob, what do you got? Well, I have three. I have two basketball ones and then one football one the first one was <laughs> me too yeah probably spot on actually they might be the same they might be uh first one is quiet leonard winning his first title no in, that, in toronto so list. it's not yours all right second one is my personal favorite out of the three okay it's damian lillard's shot against oh. okc the deep three he took yeah over right, paul george right in front yeah. of paul george's face wave goodbye to him exactly seven ended an era right there the third one is i wouldn't call it well, Paul he, George, Russell Westbrook, and Aaron. It, it was for a little bit because it people was a thought, stint. People thought they were going to be the next big thing. It was a stint. So he ended that little stint of an era, I guess you can call it. And the okay. last one would be the Rams getting to the Super Bowl and they're only their third year in LA. Okay. That is on my So we have one. One in common. One. That's second on my list. The first overall for me is the Lakers trading for Anthony Davis. And I'm yeah. surprised that wasn't on your list, Tyler. It, I mean, it just. It might have been just further down. I just. It's it just like. I hated who we gave up. 
you know? Yeah. And oh, then, there uh, were so many players in, and then it's in just the like, package. Uh, I kind of knew it, it was kind of, we just saw it coming. Yeah, but I think it's funny. Someone on Twitter posted, like, the Lakers' total wins the last, like, six years, and basically they didn't reach 30 wins at any point until very late in the season, and now they're already at 30 wins in January. So it was crazy to see that progression of what they've gone through. And I, I retweeted it and said, I think it's been a long road for us Laker fans, and I'm starting to finally see some light at the end of the tunnel. And that started with the, the Anthony Davis trade. Yeah, so sure. they, had, they had some dark days. You remember the uh, Six long Robert years. and Sacre days? And oh, yeah, no. <laughs> listen, we don't have to relive it. We, we lived through it once. That's funny, too. But... but Long drought. Yeah. So, number one, Lakers trading for Anthony Davis. Number two, like Jacob, the Rams making the Super Bowl and only their third season back in Los Angeles. And then number three is a personal one that actually Jacob and I got to experience was actually going to the home opener this year for the Lakers. Yeah. And seeing LeBron James and Anthony Davis play in person for the first time. So I think it's the closest I've ever sat at a Laker game or a basketball game. That wasn't the closest I've ever sat, but that's pretty cool that – that it, yeah. that was your experience getting to see that for the first time in that at close. the home opener too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that those I think are that Spurs game is probably the closest I ever sat. Oh, the one we went to two well, years no, ago. There were some Portland games I sat a little bit closer, but um, that was we were we were up there on that one. Yeah, well, we were in basically the same spot. Yeah, for the games, all three of us went to separately. Yeah. But Jacob and I were more center court, and we were behind the basket, yep. me and you, Tyler. Yep. So, yeah, no, I mean, great great times at Staples Center for all three of us. Oh, yeah. I would both, just, both wins. I would go back in a heartbeat. But if uh, the tickets were free, of course. Yeah, shout out Katie for that. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so those were the top moments of 2019 for us. And moving on, we got an update on the coaching carousel going on in the NFL some spots have been filled most notably I think the Dallas Cowboys America's team as some may call them they officially moved on from Jason Garrett last week right before we started recording so we we kind of talked about who they might hire and who they were looking to interview and they wasted no time hiring his replacement and that is Mike McCarthy former Packers head coach so what do we, what do we think of this move pretty solid it's not the it's it's not the the insane you know paycheck that you thought jerry jones gonna be writing when you heard names like you know urban meyer and trying to recruit belichick or nick saban or basically anybody under under the sun you know what i mean yeah if i heard sean payton i heard every every big time football coach ever we all know what jerry jones's paycheck uh, like his like, pocketbook looks like yeah his pocketbook looks like so it's not it's not that move, but it is like I, I think it's just a it's you can't be mad at it, but it's also not super exciting either. I mean, he's a really good play caller. And so that offense that's gonna help out a lot, but he really is focused on one side of the ball. They just, you know, I don't know if their defense, you know, just not paying attention to it is gonna is gonna work out for Dallas in the long run. I don't know if this makes them a Super Bowl contender, whereas like more of the figurehead head coach, I think, would have made them a Super Bowl contender rather than a play caller. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I like I mean, Mike the move. McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. There's no. That's exactly what I was about to get and to. And he's a great play caller. I mean, he he definitely, you know, he can definitely call offense. But uh, I don't know if that's enough. Yeah, and he's for Dallas. I mean, Dallas is Super Bowl or bust. He's worked with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who is arguably one of the greats. Yeah. Greatest of all time, maybe. And the Cowboys have a young quarterback in Dak Prescott who is probably going to get paid this offseason, so they're entrusting him with the franchise. So Mike McCarthy's got got to work got, this out. He's got a ton of weapons. He's got the best line in football. He's got Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott. So there's no excuses. It's it's going to be all on him, and I think that that's going to be it's going to be pretty tough for for Mike McCarthy and for the Dallas Cowboys. But he doesn't necessarily focus on the run so much, and that's interesting because he does have Zeke, like Tyler was saying. Yeah, he's never been that 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 coach to focus so much on the run. So how do you fare now? You just give him touches any way you can. He'll get him the ball. I mean, they don't not run the ball. You know what I mean? Like you, 
Yeah, but, but Zeke, but, Zeke but will get the ball. They need to pan on Zeke a little bit too much at throw times. They'll to him. You know, they'll, yeah, exactly, which is, is not a good thing. You don't want to depend on one one person. So hopefully Mike McCarthy can have their offense tuned up enough to where that wins them games. That, I mean, that's what Aaron Rodgers did for years. That was their song and dance. Like, if they didn't outscore you, they didn't beat you. Yeah. Um, and you had to get everybody involved, and, and so we'll see if he can kind of duplicate that. Now I'm with Tyler, though. It's kind of a head-scratcher, in my opinion. It's just down the road. Yeah. There's no – I don't have any strong feelings um, either way. I don't think it's extra good, and I don't think it's extra bad. The sleepover was really weird to me. It's a nine. It's a nine and seven move, probably. So you don't think they improve that much? Yeah, I mean, I thought that they they were a Super Bowl contender this year. They were they they were completely, they're like probably the most disappointing team in the league, even with early outs from New England. I would say Dallas, like you know, the way I talked about them all year, they have are arguably the best team on paper in the NFL. They have more big names across the board than anybody, more balanced than anybody. And they were an 8-8 eight eight football team that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So, all right. The next spot that got filled, the Carolina Panthers hiring former Baylor University head football coach Matt Rule. He signed a seven-year, $60 million contract. Jeez. Yeah. This that See, so that, this move was just retarded. I mean, this was just a horrible move. Uh, I, I can't believe that they, they went that route. They have so many questions, though, too, because you year don't know who's going to be your just, quarterback. Yeah. You still have assistants to hire. If It's just like the NFL coaching job is a one year-to-year thing. Yeah. You have no business hire. You're not going to give him seven years. If he comes in and is horrible and it's just dysfunctional and they look like trash, they're going to fire him, and then they're going to owe him six years of pay. So it's like – you got to stick to two, three years because that's, you know, the that's the most you're going to get kind of of a leash. And then once after those two, three years, that's when you kind of, you know, you look back and see what you want to do if you want to extend it. It's almost like coaches should have a three-year, you make it to the third year, you get four more. You know, that would like make it, that would make it way, that would make way more sense than hiring some college coach for seven years. This yeah. is a horrible you're, move. So you're saying it's a bad move because he's a previous college coach or because no. of the seven years? Seven years. I mean, I th- I think that he was a bad, a bad hire in general. I, I know that everybody really likes. That yeah, wasn't really a smart move. Everybody likes this, uh, this guy. He's got a great rep in the coaching rings, but it's just. I would have probably gone with someone with, a, with NFL experience. And yeah, the, the biggest thing that popped out to me when I saw this, signing was the seven year 60 million dollar yeah. contract because of that's that's the dumb part of the, it all this i've never seen job security like that for an nfl coach so that because it doesn't exist that's yeah, an exactly. obscene contract it's not real that's why it just doesn't make any sense why'd you like from his end he crushed it oh he's sitting pretty right now he he couldn't be in a better position but the panthers just completely fucked themselves yeah, and, and like Jacob said, with so many question marks with their team, it's it's going to be interesting to even see the direction does, even they go. Even if he does, like, you know, end up coaching all seven years, it's not necessarily a win. The only way this is a win is if that, he that's coaches. If they don't fire him in the first three years. Yeah, the only way this is a win is if he wins the Super Bowl. Which is quite questionable right now because of. Pretty unlikely. Yeah. So, all right, the next one we got is the New York Giants hiring Patriots wide receivers coach Joe Judge as their new head coach. A lot of people have questioned this hire, but I know I do. <laughs> well, I mean, I I do too. But the people that are defending it are saying he's learned from some of the best and been under some of the best. He was on Nick Saban's staff yeah. from '09 to '11, and he's been on Bill Belichick's staff since 2012. And he's like what, like 37? Yeah, he's really young. But I don't he's know how far like that gets prod- you just he's because the, you've been on their staff. He's yeah. the prodigy coach. You know, everybody wants to find McVay, McVay, Shanahan. Um, yeah, so I just think that he's this this guy that is a coach, and so he probably is going to be a good football coach. Um, I think that he just wound up in just the wrong place. I don't, I don't like this hire. I think that this kid's probably a really good football coach and probably is going to be a great football coach. But New York needs yeah, something it's, else. It's the I big mean, apple. It's the bright New lights. New York, like Dallas, needs a big name. 
you either need to have a big name or you need to have a Super Bowl ring coming into New York City to coach this football team. Um, and he hasn't either. I mean, he has Super Bowl rings, but as a head coach, so it's just like. Right, we don't know. I just don't like it for New York City. It kind of like, feels like they scrambled a little bit to if find he, a coach. If he, was, if he signed this deal in Carolina, I'd be like, all right, we're in business now. Like, Carolina's got their guy. You know, he's a prodigy coach. It's Carolina. It's New York City that I have the beef with. Just like Carolina, the beef I had was the seven years. New York, it's like, man, you can't hire this prodigy kid. I mean, these fans are going to think that they know more than he does. What's crazy is is Matt Rule turned down the Giants to sign with Carolina. Yeah, because he didn't want to coach in New York City. I mean, this is a trap job. We see how we see how it's gone for Giants and Jets coaches. You you know, Coughlin was a legend. And look at Bill Belichick. And and so it's just like you gotta. Uh, I think with the Giants be, being have struggled since Coughlin left, they got to find a strong a strong figurehead guy you know even like a tony dungy yeah no i think one of the biggest question marks i have with joe judge as a head coach is how he commands a team he just had to focus on position groups and he was a special teams coordinator so he didn't have to focus on running a team like a full 53 yeah, man yeah. roster no so, and there's a lot to it but i think that that's the stuff he does well from what i hear I think that what from what I hear is that people say this is a coach. This kid was like born to be a coach. He's got all like he's got all of this kind of in his head. But being a head coach is a lot different than no, a positions he, coach. No, but he's had great he's had great role models. Oh, no doubt. And so it's like two of the best ever. If he's put in the work and he's ready to go, um, he's going to be a good coach. I just don't think New York's going to give him the time. And the the coddling that he needs. I mean, he's a new coach. No, listen, he's going to need people to be patient. And New York City is not patient. The Giants are primed for the future. They have Daniel Jones. They have Saquon Barkley. So it's he has everything at his fingertips. Yeah. So it, they just got to put the pieces yeah, around him. Really That's, on him to those, see how far he can get Those things I think are working against him at this point. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. The expectations are tough there. All right. Now the only job still open. Is of, <laughs> is of course the Cleveland Browns. Without well, a GM, but they said they're going to hire a head coach before hiring. Which a GM. is a bonehead move. <laughs> I mean, again, you know, I don't understand hiring the employee before the boss. They're just, uh, yeah. I mean, they're dropping the ball for Baker. So this is going to be three head coaches in three years. Yeah, you know, it's like the dysfunction is because of all of this sway in the top management and that head coach. And at quarterback, quarterback, head coach, GM, I mean, these kind of things in Cleveland, you know, president of operations. Those are the pillars of an organization. They're just, they're, and they're just constantly in rotation. There's no there's no stability there, and that's why they continue to struggle. So who do we think ends up as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns? I have no idea. I mean, I just, I really don't. I, I don't know what that's they. That's like my guess. I, 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 I said don't. when Carolina fired Ron Rivera midseason that – Cleveland should fire Freddie Kitchens midseason and hire Ron Rivera. But they Ron, didn't do Ron that. Ron Rivera was hired by the Bears. By the Redskins. By the, by the Redskins. Redskins. And see, that's a great move. Yeah. They're going to be solid. I mean, he's a, he's a great. Some people he got, thought that was a bad move, too, though. Yeah, see. That, that, he got Jack Del Rio as his defensive think, coordinator. Yeah, see, I think they're wrong. I think Washington scored big time. I think now they, they can really move forward with what they got. They have some good players on defense. Listen, um, we talked we talked about it last week after it was announced, Jacob and I, and we said, listen, Ron Rivera coached Cam Newton. Dwayne Haskins is a very similar quarterback to Cam Josh Newton. Nor Josh Norman, they're linking back up together. I didn't even think about that. Uh, you know, they've got guys like Ryan Kerrigan, and I, I know that they've got a big time safety as well. And the name is expa uh, uh, Swearinger. Not, yeah, Swearinger. And so it's just like they have good play people, and they're a weird like free agent destination so it's not like they can't get free agents so um i think ron rivera's got he's got his rookie quarterback they don't have to worry about that um they've, they've got they've got a, a good setup down there opposite of what cleveland's doing I, I just i don't see like any coach coming in there and fixing it josh mcdaniels you can't do that i just like how many times i mean the cleveland browns i think have hired new england assistants three times in the past I know right off top, Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell both came from Patriots. Yep. 
you know, you're trying to duplicate something where you just need to build your own brand and you need to beat you need to beat the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Bengals every year. That's yeah. how that's how you that's how you progress as a franchise. You have to win your division and you need to you need to get a coach and a GM that are on the same page of how they're gonna attack that. And they're just not. Yeah, totally. And so I guess we're all at the consensus of we we have no idea who takes this job. I have no damn idea I, who I they're going to no, hire. I, I, have a, I have an idea that it's going to be Josh McDaniels, but um, I have no idea in the sense that I don't think there's any good answer. There's nobody out there that can fix the Browns other than Father Time. They have to pick They have to pick a GM, they have to pick a co- coach, and they have to pick a quarterback, and they got to roll with them for two-plus years. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you said, though. They're choosing their coach before their GM. Yeah, no, I, it doesn't make that, sense to me. That already shows the, the dysfunction no, I mean, in the yeah, organization. Your, your GM should be the one that builds a team, and he should pick a play. You know, he should pick play callers and head coaches to fit what kind of roster he's trying to build. And instead, they're going to do it backwards. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, let's let's move on now. And talk about this playoff race. Yep. It's the, the divisional round, and I said in the intro that. Some teams we're accustomed to seeing playing this weekend are yeah. going to be are going to be watching from the couch. Which last week, do you remember? I said it was not going to be a good wild card weekend, and uh, oh, this wild card weekend was and, amazing, and it was, and it was great. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you jinxed it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad too. <laughs> no, the chief the Chiefs are kind of or the AFC is kind of new, newer names. You know, even though like Chiefs Ravens aren't necessarily new names, but they're new new faces out there for sure. Um, but they, the NFC is pretty pretty solid. Yeah, no, and listen, I think at the beginning of the season, I predicted New Orleans Saints versus New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure that was my prediction. I have to yeah. I have to go back and listen to the episode, but I'm pretty sure that was my prediction, and they're both going to be watching from home. Yeah, which last week I said that I wanted to see Ravens and Chiefs in the AFC title game which a, i which i might get that we have a very good chance of seeing that yeah i think you think you do get that so all right let's let's go through these games real quick like we would the picks of the week for the regular season so on saturday we got uh a matchup each from both conferences last week they did one conference each day this week they're going one and one which i think is a lot better so we get to see a little bit more parity well it of just, course it adds to the um anticipation of the matchups yeah for sure definitely so on Saturday we got two one and six matchups, which yeah. is quite interesting. Not not something we see every year for sure. So the number six Minnesota Vikings going to the Bay Area to take on the San Francisco 49ers, the number one seed in the NFC. San Francisco's favored by a touchdown. And Minnesota's gotta be riding high off of that victory in New Orleans. They got the best of them twice in what, three years? Yeah, twice in three years, and pass interference, offensive pass interference, not offensive pass interference. Once again, the Saints yeah. get screwed, but it is what it is. You got to live with what the refs call. Three and, years in a row. Yeah, and that it, that's that's what it is. I thought it was interesting that after the loss to the Packers in Week 16, that Mike Zimmer decided to sit all of his offensive starters in week 17, give him some rest going into the playoffs, and then ultimately it ended up working out for him. It, it was a pretty risky move, in my opinion, but it worked out for them against New Orleans. But they're coming up against a defensive juggernaut this season, and I think it's going to be too much for Kirk Cousins. And it's yeah. – Yeah, see, I'm not worried about Cook or Diggs or any of their receivers. I'm worried about Cousins, which I didn't think he was going to play well in the Saints game, and he actually did. He showed up against the Saints, but it's – Bigger and brighter lights with each. Yeah, that defense new is round. too overwhelming yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. So I don't like either one of these teams, but <laughs> neither do I. I, but I we got to pick I, one. I'd rather, I'd rather choose the Vikings if I'm being I, honest. I definitely want the Vikings to win. Just yeah, to set I want, up. I want the Vikings to win because I don't like the Niners. But yeah, yeah, but I think I mean ultimately it's probably the Niners are probably going to win. Yeah, ultimately, yeah, it, I think it the is. Niners it win is too. Kirk Cousins. I think Diggs and Thielen and Cook, they're all good. Thielen, I, Thielen hurt his ankle today in practice. It, well, and I think that the whole rest was a smart move. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the 49ers pass rush uh, is going to be too much for him. Yeah, and listen, Minnesota's defense is no joke, too, but I think San Francisco's is just a little a little bit better. 
Yeah, no, Vikings have a really good offense, um, better offense than the Niners, but the Niners' defense, I think, has just got the edge over Minnesota's. Yeah. So, all right, moving on to the AFC now. <laughs> we got the number six Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill, Mike Vrabel coming in and pumping his team up, getting the win over his former coach, and beating the dynasty. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure only four teams – Four teams in the, la- uh, in the last four years have had winning records all four years, and the Titans are one of them. Wow. So they're going up against the number one seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore's, good luck. Baltimore is favored minus 10 in this game. Yeah, they're gonna they're, they're the team to beat right now for sure. I'd, I would have to agree with that statement. And, yes, the Tennessee Titans were able to put together some magic Derrick Henry put on an incredible performance, a record-breaking performance. And while Ryan Tannehill only threw for 72 yards, he was able to not lose them the game. And Derrick Henry really took the the brunt of the offense, and their defense was able to get get things done against the Patriots. But the Baltimore Ravens have been the, the top dog all year, and I don't see them losing this game, this game. What have they won, 13 games in a row or something like that? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Full steam ahead. I think the Ravens win this one pretty easily. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Sunday, we got the Houston Texans, the number four seed in the AFC. They're going to Arrowhead in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, the number two seed in the AFC. Kansas City coming in favored minus 10. And Houston got the spark plug back. They got J.J. Watt back. He had a Mm -hmm. huge sack in the wild card game and while i think it's great that he came back and honestly pretty miraculous that he came back from a torn pectoral muscle something that usually takes about four months to recover and he came back i think after about two i just patrick mahomes is just going to slice and dice that defense up i think yeah this is a good matchup it's going to be fun fun watching deshaun watson try and will his way to victory but Ultimately, I think the Chiefs are a better team. So um, I think Chiefs have kind of just been the sleeping giant all year. No one's no one's talking about them because they've you know dealt with injuries, had more losses than people thought. But they're they're arguably the best team left in the field. So we'll see. You know, the Ravens are the hottest team. So I got to give them the props. But Chiefs are right there. Yeah, and I don't I don't think it can be understated that the fact that Houston plays in a dome and they got to go outside and play. No, in the yeah, and it's cold up yeah, there. Yeah, so Tom Brady's got six rings. Is is cold weather? You know, football is a thing. Yeah, they got to play in the elements in Kansas City, and yep. and Arrowhead and the Chiefs fan base is one of the most hostile environments to yep. go into. Yep. Who do you got in this game, Jake? Oh, easy. I mean, I went with the uh, what I said last week. I want to see um, who was it? Uh, Mahomes and. Uh, Oh, and, ja- and, and Jackson go yeah. at it. Come on. I'm not going to change it now. So Chiefs, Chiefs and Ravens yeah. right now in the AFC Championship. Now, Tyler, I, I know who you have in this next game. <laughs> it's, it's pretty obvious. He is wearing the jersey, I may point out again. Hey, shout out yeah. Beast Mode, man. I, I'm so yeah. happy he was able to get a touchdown yeah. in that wild card oh, game. It's cool, man. First game, he it's looked a little dope. rusty, but uh, the second game, he was back. He looked, he looked almost kind of on track. Listen, man, seeing him get a six-yard run and bouncing off a couple guys to to get in there, it was it was vintage, and I, I loved every second of it. Yeah, his presence is his, his, his value. It has nothing to do with, you know, his – yards per carry or his touchdowns or his total yardage his his presence is is what is big time yeah so the number basically f- made us forget that we have a running back problem <laughs> i mean we basically just don't even yeah, care for, for right yeah. now so the number five seed in the nfc the seattle seahawks they're going to lambeau field historic yep. lambeau field yep. to take on aaron Rodgers and the green bay packers my favorite matchup in all football Russell Pack, Russ, Packers, Packers Seahawks. Oh, I thought you were going to say Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, kind of, but the Packers, you know, I grew up in the heyday of Brett Favre, so they were like, I just never was a fan. And then the Mike Holmgren connection, um, him moving, and then Hasselbeck moving, and we had players bouncing back and forth between these franchises for years. Um, and, uh, and of the last, you know, the Russell, Pete Carroll, Aaron Rodgers, era they've been just the most dramatic football there ever was so and they've both been uh, at the top of their games yeah i i I just find that this is going to be they're going to find a way to end it the most dramatic way possible yeah was it 
No. It wasn't the Seahawks and Packers, the replacement refs game. With the fail Mary? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it was. Yeah. Well, the fail Mary was a replacement ref game. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, well, and then the other one is the last time we played them in the playoffs, they were up 16 nothing. And you came back and at won. the end of the half, I believe. And yeah, we came back and won off, you know, incre- incredible luck. You know what I mean? There's part <laughs> of it, but that's that that's the Packers and the Seahawks. I mean, that's how it goes. Yeah. So Green Bay is favored at home minus four in this matchup. Luckily, we're both cold weather teams. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to work out. It's going to be 20 degrees, but it is colder in Lambeau. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it's like we're a cold weather football team. We're not a team that depends on the on like you a know dome the, or ele- like that. the, ele- the elements don't like dictate what we do unless it's we like, run the ball more than we, there's only the Baltimore Ravens run the ball more than us. In my opinion, for weather to play a factor in this game, it's got to be like Snowing. feet's worth of snow or like forty mile an hour. But wind then it's type like thing. so that yeah, the wind wind is tricky, but wind to me is like the great equalizer. Yeah, for sure. Because no one's good with wind, um, unless you're just, you know, a Jay Cutler type of <laughs> strong-armed guy. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't think the elements are going to be too too bad. And I think the Hawks are the better football team. Yeah, I have the Hawks winning this game. Uh, I, I don't think that the Hawks rely on Russell as much as the Packers rely on Aaron. We've got a better defense. We've got a better run game. Um, they've got Devontae Adams, but, you know, that's about – the only kind of edge I give them. Yeah, and listen, DK Metcalf put on a record-breaking performance in the wild card game, and yeah, he was on the list of of uh, he had second round pick of 2019. You know, oh, your top one of your top moments. Top moments was the DK sliding down. Everybody, you know, people knew he was going to be a number one someday. Yeah, and the the video of the the call, uh, the Seahawks yeah. GM made to DK when he was yeah. about to draft him was making the rounds after the game, and that's always always a feel-good moment. Yeah, we crushed it. So who do you have winning this game? I have the Seahawks. Okay, yeah. so all three of us got the Seahawks? Yeah, easily. Did, did all three of us have the same picks? I'm pretty yeah, sure roughly. we did. Yeah. You have Hawks, Niners, yeah, and Chiefs, yeah, Ravens? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Hawks ones, the Hawk is really the only one that's up for grabs. Definitely the best uh, divisional matchup. Oh, for sure. I think, and it's it's a great way to cap off the weekend, I think. Yeah. So, all right, the AFC championship game, we have the Chiefs versus the Ravens, and then the NFC. Yeah, the NFC championship game, we got the Hawks versus the Niners. The NFC West matchup. And that's what I want to see on that side. And that's the tiebreaker. Yep. Um, Now, I would really like to see the Vikings win and Seattle win because then the NFC championship game is in Seattle. Oh, and Seattle's going to be jumping. So if Seattle wins, Minnesota wins, that's that's like ultimately what I want. Uh, you know, it's probably pretty unlikely that both Minnesota and Seattle win, but if we can make that happen, that'd be glorious. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, all right, that uh, that wraps up the NFL divisional round preview. Let's transition now to some hoops as some news last week and for for the past couple weeks has been brewing and it's been no secret that it's been a rough season for Kevin Love and the Cavs and Kevin publicly has let his frustrations get the best of him on a few occasions recently but on Tuesday he admitted to the media after shoot around that he was acting childish and that he could have handled it a lot differently He denied having a verbal altercation with Cavs GM Kobe Altman and said that him and Kobe are on good terms. And the reported verbal altercation that took place was about a fine being given out to Kevin for his uh, public frustrations. And Kevin's line back to Kobe Altman reportedly was, you can find me whatever you want. I have enough money. Uh, but Kevin denied having that verbal altercation, and like I said, he said that him and Kobe are on good terms. I want to point this out first and foremost because I don't really understand why Kevin is frustrated, and I think Kevin Love is a great player. He's ultimately going to be a Hall of Famer in my opinion, but 
after LeBron left, he decided to stay with Cleveland and sign a four-year, $120 million contract where he was supposed to be the centerpiece of this rebuild that they're going through. Yeah, he dug his own grave. Yeah. That's, I, that's that, your own fault. That's my opinion, at least. And obviously, the this rebuild hasn't gone the way they thought it would, but it was Kevin's decision to stay in the first place. So... Yeah, I mean, I think he just wanted to secure his money, and I don't think he could have got that much money everywhere else. I don't think that the teams at the time were going to pay him $120 million. Well, if you want to secure your money, like Tyler said, then just sit there and don't complain. I know frustrations are going to grow, but, like, look, you want to get paid? Cleveland's a spot that's going to pay you. Well, it's just, it's like, I think that he sat back and was like, he's a, he's a pretty stand-up dude. I think that he's kind of like a guy that every executive love every gm loves he's a locker room guy yeah teammates love him and he was trapped in minnesota for a long time and then he played third wheel you know lebron and Kyrie. i think he just wanted to get his money become a star give it a shot if it's not then we're gonna i think that they he felt that cleveland owes him enough to where he gave him a shot now if it's not working out let's just split up split up i think he deserves that kind of treatment to be like Kevin Love should be able to walk into Cleveland. It's like, hey, I signed. I gave this a shot. It's not working. Send me to Boston or Portland. Right. So he has been the subject of trade rumors for basically the entire season so far, which I'm sure had something to do with his frustrations and them eventually boiling over and ending up having public frustrations with the team and, and outbursts on the bench and and mis- miscues on the court. I don't know if they were purpose or not, but – they were visibly Yeah, I mean, I think, he's, I think he's frustrated basketball-wise because he's a pro out there trying to give it his all. Yeah. And his teammates are developing into... into um, yeah, the majority of that roster... players. Well, and They're what's interesting... Young. What's interesting... They drafted point guard back-to-back years. Yeah, it was know? another stupid mistake. What I saw on Twitter from former players like Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye, who were a part of those championship... A part of those championship runs, was that basically those players like Kevin Love and J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson that stayed after LeBron left were basically sold a lie by the organization. Yeah, like we're going to try and compete still. But now they're they've now traded they're Jordan, to- they've traded Jordan Clarkson to Utah to to get more minutes for Kevin Porter Jr. and uh Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Yeah. So I mean so they're they're in a rebuild and they're 3 years out. Right. I mean that's Yeah, he's so, just the odd man out. So him and Tristan Thompson, I they're think stuck. they just they're stuck because of their contracts. And now Kevin Love is is got a market out there. Tristan's going to be harder to move um, unless it just comes to a thing where it just works out to kind of swap bad contracts. Yeah, you almost need like a Luau Dang type of favor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a weird one. I don't, you know, it's a tough situation. Do but you think Kevin- I think Kevin Love finds his way to Boston or Portland. So do you but do you think I he, would rather have him go to Portland though. I think he fits perfectly. I think he's with that the team. piece in Portland for sure. I don't think he fits well with Boston. But I know he, he could got, go to Boston, but I don't think he fits he well. The only works in Portland though is if you're, you know, is he going to fuck up Melo's flow? He needs to play the 5 and so it's like if you're going to trade for Kevin Love if you're Portland out the trade Whiteside and now Cleveland all of a sudden has Hassan Whiteside and Whiteside's now again that same piece where he's like a good player, but he's going to be depressed and he's not going to be giving it his all just like he was in Miami. But yeah. see, he's had a bad year with uh, with Portland. Though. Yeah, he hasn't really that experiment hasn't really worked out. No, but I mean he's uh, he's working in the sense that they're working. You know, Melo's working, and I, I just don't know if you want to bring in like I, if I'm bringing in Kevin Love, I want Kevin Love to start at the five, and I want Melo to start at the four. But I just don't know if that's if that's what they can wiggle. See, on Portland's end, though, it makes sense for them because they're trying to unload Whiteside and Bazemore. Those are two players that they're kind of actively shopping right now. Yeah. Just because Bazemore hasn't really played out for them well, and neither has Whiteside. Well, Whiteside no, was well, always Bazemore that. Bazemore is a bad contract for yeah, sure. No, he, no, he, he, he was a bad contract. But Whiteside right now for sure is that glue until Yusuf Nurkic gets back. Right. Yeah, and which Portland, you need. Which is, again, it's just like, that's why I kind of hesitate with Kevin Love. Like, it'd be great if I thought Melo could just slide over to the three and it'd be, you know, all good. Kevin Love plays the four. They got a five out there. But I don't think that that's the way it's going to go down. And 
But, I mean, that doesn't really matter. It, it's like Portland can figure that out. I think Portland improves as a basketball team if they can get Kevin Love. It's just throwing off Carmelo. Portland's currently sitting at 10th in the Western Conference right now, and they're two games out of the eighth spot. Yeah, so, they, they've played better in the last couple of weeks, but they started off the season so poorly, though. Yeah, they a dug large a, part of they're that. They're not a deep team. I mean, they no. don't have a lot of good basketball. Players. They got rid of a lot of their guys. Um, Evan, Har- Evan Turner, Harkless, yeah. Al Farouk Camino's gone. Yeah, those are three key guys yeah. in the rotation. Evan Turner and and then you lose Nurkic to Nurkic. injury. Yeah. So. All right. So, do you think Kevin Love gets moved by the trade deadline? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely, he does. Okay. There's there's some team out there, whether they're contender or not, they're going to want to take a crack at him, and they're going to offer pieces for him. Yeah, I I, I think it's it's a no brainer for Cleveland to move on. I, th- I think I it think doesn't Boston, make sense to keep him either way. I think Boston's going to go for it if they can't get Drummond. I think they're going to go for Kevin Love. Well, I'm glad you brought Andre Drummond up because yeah. that was the next player I wanted to talk about. Yeah, because there have been reports that Atlanta. And mm-hmm. Detroit have been in talks about a potential trade for Andre du- Andre Drummond. The Pistons, I think, are starting to come to the realization that their attempt at a run with Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and Derrick Rose is going to be unsuccessful since Griffin just had another surgery on the knee that's been bothering him for quite some time. And there isn't a timetable for Blake's return. And I think if he was on a team that was maybe in the playoff hunt, that he could possibly have returned later on down the road to to come back for that playoff race. Yeah, no, Detroit's got to get younger. Yeah, so now Atlanta, on the other hand, has the worst record in the NBA, and Trey Young is a superstar in the making. And yeah, they, it's been disappointing. Yeah, they need another piece to put alongside a Trey, and Trey and Andre Drummond apparently are pretty close friends, so there's that. That obviously is a dynamic that needs to be taken into account these days in the NBA. Yeah because of how many players are teaming up together with their friends. And ultimately, I think Atlanta and Detroit making this trade would be great. And it's a great move for Atlanta putting a, a established big in the NBA alongside Trey. John Collins is great, don't get me wrong, but Andre Drummond quite possibly could end up being the greatest rebounder of all time. Well, Which they had a lot of promise for John Collins and Trey Young as a duo. Yeah, for sure. And I don't. I think obviously, you know, that they're looking for Drummond now. That they're, you know, they've kind of given up on that already. Yeah, I don't really like. I, I get what Atlanta's doing, but I don't really like the pair. I mean, I just don't think Drummond and Trey Young match playstyle. Uh, Andre Drummond's not necessarily a high pick and roll guy. I mean, he's not athletic. Yeah, he can't shoot very he well either. He doesn't get out in the open court. Now, if you want to hire him to be the last guy down on the break and be your defense, like. That's fine, but that's a lot. You know, are you going to trade Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter? Are you going to give up one of these guys to get Andre Drummond? I think, I think they got to develop their talent and role. You know, John Collins is not a center, so they definitely need a center. But it's like John There's, Collins. Their center currently is Alex Len. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and they definitely <laughs> need a center. But DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish are rookies, and they're promising. You know, wing players. Uh, you got. You got Red Velvet out there, who's a solid young player. <laughs> He's been Trey great. Young's obviously crushing it, and John Collins can be a good player. So, I I, I don't want to break up that young core to get an Andre Drummond because I don't think Andre Drummond changes their dynamic, or I don't think he changes their kind of their path that they're on. Like, they're they're a lottery team this year. That's just kind of the fact of the matter. I don't think Andre Drummond can save them from that. And uh, yeah, he's a slow. He's a slow kind of yeah, clogging up player. He doesn't really much, mesh well with Trey. I'd much rather have Andre Drummond with Boston. Well, okay. Now looking at it from Detroit's perspective, Detroit just has to trade Andre Drummond because he's going to opt out yeah, this summer. Yeah. So like, if I if I'm trading to Boston, I know I can get some picks and probably one one good piece, maybe Marcus Smart. Or Jalen Brown. Or Jalen Brown. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big get. Like, if they yeah. can get either one of those guys, that's a big get, especially, you know, if they could get Jalen Brown. Um, I just think Andre fits way better in Boston. Yeah, and they than, need a big two. And I think, so all these trades kind of start with Boston. Does Boston make a move for Drummond or Kevin Love? And if they don't make a move for either one of those guys, those guys are going to go their opposite ways, and I don't think it's going to be better off for those guys. Yeah, and 
ultimately Detroit is just looking for something in return. So yeah, no, they don't just I, I walk away. Detroit, I think Detroit, if they can, if they can send him to Atlanta, that's smart because they'll probably get Cam Reddish or DeAndre. Yeah, you'd rather get younger pieces. Yeah, well, and, and, Atlanta, uh, they, and they they just they just brought up their rookie, the French kid. Um, their their rookie, their first round draft pick, has been played in the G League, Detroit. I'm talking about. Yeah, and they just brought him up, and he's a rangy 19 year old. He just he and, dunked so on Tristan it's Thompson like they last got night. Him, He's who's nineteen. They got a really young Thon Maker. You know what I mean? They they Tony Snell. They like uh, you know they have they have some young pieces that they want to build with, and uh, I think that that's the way to do it. Get younger with Drummond. Yeah. No, I mean it's. I think this trade market is going to be very robust over the next month. I think we could see a lot of movement throughout the league. Definitely, and there's some good names out there. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about how, and we t- we talked about it last week, and I know Tyler, you weren't here, but the Jordan Clarkson for Dante Exum trade was the first trade in the NBA since Russ and CP3 got traded for each other over the summer. Yeah, it was that, and that was a solid trade. I mean, I think it was a good, just like, hey, let's get these guys in different circumstances. Dante Exum needed a fresh start. Um, to get kind of get out of there, and, and Utah needed scoring off the bench. Yeah, because Utah, you know, Dante's just, you know, had had issues with injuries. He's, he's a six six point guard. You know, he's still he's twenty three years old. He had twenty eight points for them the other night. So um, I think it was a good it was a good trade. Like, it's just straight up, let's get both these guys are players. Let's get them in a better situation. Yeah. Now before we get to a couple other uh, trade scenarios that I thought of. Uh, I wanted to get Tyler's thoughts on Darren Collison potentially coming back out of retirement because there have been a lot of rumors swirling about what the Lakers might do to bolster their roster. And Darren Collison mentioned that, well, the report in which that announced Darren Collison might be returning to the NBA it mentioned that the front runners for him would be the Clippers and the Lakers. So I wanted to quickly get Tyler's thoughts on yeah, I mean, the return I, I possibility. Just, I don't think that that's the position of need necessarily for the Lakers, but for some reason they want another point guard. Rondo's been awful, dude. No, but I mean, I get it. But you also, you know, you every I knew Troy Daniels was going to be a fucking third string point guard. I knew that wasn't going to work. And then Quinn Cook, I obviously am not a big big fan of he's not getting but, any burn but to me it's like the lakers got to get rid of kuzma and and they got to get a backup. but they don't they, see the thing and is they got to get with, a backup forward um that's not trying to play those kind of minutes that kuzma's trying to play well yeah they're, they're with, solid at center they're solid at guard yeah maybe they can upgrade point guard but like you know kcp ivory bradley danny green you know lebron playing guard um that that's like a good mix i like all those guys um, but I think they've got to trade Kuzma and get either upgrade the backup point guard or get another forward or both. But see the, for me, the addition of Darren Collison solidifies that second. Unit. I just think that's same, same, like what, where's the upgrade there? He's that's, a better shooter. I just don't think he's Darren younger Collison, than Rondo, but he could come in and stink it up just as bad as Rondo easily. I mean, the dude hasn't even been playing in the league. So it's like, I, I mean, I don't but, think but, the Clippers. Well, like I don't think the said, Clippers though, need LeBron, him, like playing Darren, playing guard minutes. So that can't happen for the whole season, though. Oh yeah, it has to happen. It's it's always has happened too. It's like finally the Lakers have constructed a roster around LeBron. Like starting two two guards is like the perfect way. Starting Avery and Danny Green, you know, or KCP and Danny Green. That's perfect. That's two shooting guards to go with LeBron because he brings up the ball so much. Um, it's not necessarily that he won't have two guards on the court with them, but I just see their their issues right now is they need either shooting or they need a strong point guard. They're the best team in the league right now. I don't really think there's any but issues. With, no, no, they have issues. Right, Collison is not making the Tyler, Lakers a better basketball Tyler, team. Tyler, Tyler, they had a 15 point lead on Christmas, 
They're brand new. I mean, it's, they had a it's, thirty point lead. It, it and doesn't gave ma- it, up. it doesn't matter. No one has perfect seasons. I mean, no, no one has perfect seasons. It, but it, it, there are issues of concern with yeah, this team. No, of course. I mean, it's, it's like the Clippers. It's not, the Clippers are it's still a good team. The year, but they've lo- they've gotten blown. Who they who they lose to the other night? And they got blown up. The Clippers. Uh, oh, yeah, the Grizzlies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after that, Montrez Harrell said, "We're not a good team. You yeah. could still be That's a good just team." A mindset though. They're a great basketball team. He knows that. He's he has a mindset of we need to get better every day because yeah, because they're professional. They're professional athletes that's how you have to carry yourself you can't just be like oh we're good enough like lebron and ad are good enough the lakers are gonna make the playoffs it that there's all this bullshit is done the, they are a contender but they can't go around and say that they can't think that yeah because you can't relax in this league but darren Collison is not that's not it that's not what i want to see the lakers do and i think darren Collison's fucking lucky if he's got a spot on the la basketball team all right let's let's get back to the trade talk because you mentioned you want them to trade Kuz, so which like, I don't so think like, they will. So hold to on, me, on, like an upgrade would be like trade Kuz for like CP3 or Dennis Schroeder and oh, that's not gonna happen, and like though. Hamadou Diallo or some like okay. wing player. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you can't trade Kuzma for CP3 because he doesn't make enough money. No, I I I, I understand that, and I'm I don't think that CP3 is like what the Lakers need. More so Schroeder. Like I did I did like when I was like thinking about it, like Schroeder is an expendable piece of the th- that the Thunder have. And like you said, the Thunder are in a playoff position. They're in this weird position where CP three, we didn't really know if he'd ride it out. Um, he might ride it out. What if you add a Kuzma to that lineup with with Steven Adams? Um that that team could be a playoff team in the West. Yeah, that's intriguing. But and but, Dennis Schroeder would for sure be like like how much better is Darren, De- Dennis Schroeder than Darren Collison? I mean he's like a younger, better version of Darren Collison. He's a small speedster. Um, it's in in my opinion, uh, that those are the kind of moves that I would make. I would try to really upgrade. Don't don't make a move. It's just a slight upgrade. Okay. See some of the trades that I've seen though is that because Eric said you can't trade. Uh, players if their salaries do not match and so one of the players that they have been well, looking you throw for in some more players well, yeah you have to or a pick but one of the players that has been talked Laker, about the lakers can't trade a first round pick this year and they and they only have second round picks starting in 2023 yeah, but they kuzma's the prize like kuzma well, yeah, is a obviously. get for whoever kuzma's their most valuable contract yeah, he just doesn't make enough money exactly so the other piece that they have been talking about possibly trading him to is to the kings for bogdanovich or bogdan bogdanovich yeah, yeah. which you would have to trade something else with him with kuz for bogdan by quinn cook by troy daniels yeah, which that, the other person or, they have been Jared talking Dudley. about you could or you could trade demarcus cousins yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, you have options. But see, they've been talking about Avery Bradley packaging him with Kuzma, see sending him, and that's money because they have they have depth at that position. That's where they have depth. They have depth at forward. They have depth at like the two three wing position. Yeah, um, it's it, it's been frustrating though to watch Kuz be so inconsistent, and I want to give him the benefit. They of traded the doubt. all his fucking homies to New Orleans. He's sad, man, and he, like he was. These trade rumors have clearly affected his play. They affected his play last year when he was in the Anthony Davis rumors. But this right now, it's it's put up or shut up for him. We're a month away from the trade deadline. Anthony Davis, unfortunately, just went down with an injury, and he's probably going to miss a few games. And Kuz is going to need to step up, and this is this is his audition to stay with the Lakers. And see, I, be, like, I think that they should trade him because I think that that's their best asset. But best-case scenario would be that is that he finds a rhythm while 80s out and they have depth because in a playoff run you have to have depth you've got to be you've got to be deep you got to have killers everywhere and so it would be it would be beneficial to keep kuzma for a playoff run but if it ain't working we got to like we got to move on because this is our championship year right now we got braun three more years yeah it's, so it's no like it's these, title or bust all every year darren Collison is not a title move that yeah, is see, not, see, that, that does right not now, make you a contender. Lakers need to be making contender moves. Yeah, right now Rob Palinka, he just he has a tough decision. Do you write it out like Tyler says, uh, or get rid of him because he could get that rhythm, and you've seen him have that rhythm, especially on Christmas Day when he, he scored what was it fifteen points in like five minutes. Yeah. So he has his moments. 
but then he's been also inconsistent for most of the season. Right. I, shop, I shop him out. If I got a great price, if I get something good for him, I take it. If not, we're rolling with this squad all the way to the championship. Yeah, and like like Jacob said, we've seen flashes of what Kuz can be. So That's why it's so hard to get rid of him he, as as the Lakers front office. And he, But he has the value. Exactly. So. He has the value, and he has the potential. You could see it there, but just this season he's been inconsistent. And a lot has to do because of of the uh, the playing style that they're that they're going with. Would you package Kuz for somebody like D Rose? I mean, even D Rose is not like the best. I mean that that is that's much better. That I would I wouldn't be. Well, pissed. See, I don't think I any trade that, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be stoked. Like Bogdanovich is legit. I don't think I any, mean, that, any trade they go with is going to be a knockout punch though. No, but if you, I mean, if you can do it, if you can do it the but right it's, way, it's very unlikely. But, but, you, this but, in the but they have all the power. There's no reason they don't have to make any moves. Like this is all just this is all just for fun. What we're talking about, they don't have to make any moves. They are the best team in the NBA right now. Yes, maybe they have some kings to work out, but at the well, end of the day, three. they are fine. They're they're completely fine. They're gonna be all right. They're gonna be a, a title contender. They have all the luxury in the world now where it's like they only have to make a move if they absolutely love it. You don't got to take anything that you're not in love with. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think you only can do it for like you you have to make a splash if you're going to make yeah, a move. Yeah, it's got to be contender moves or, or you're wasting your time. All right. So next one I got. When does Memphis move on from Andre Guadalla? Is it the same thing once they get the right price? Well, they're they're just holding out. Well, yeah, no, I think they want a prize for him. They they got him basically because Golden State said "fuck you" um, for writing this book and and being an idiot about it. You know, talking trash about the league that you're still playing for. Yeah, talking trash about the organization you're still playing for. We're gonna cash you out to Memphis. Memphis is like, all right, well, we got this piece that everybody wants. We're not just gonna give him away. You know what I mean? We're not making the playoffs this year. We're gonna be in the lottery again. There's no, there's no reason like this cap space isn't being wasted. Our young guys are playing; they're developing. Jaw's so, gonna be rookie of the year. So it's just yeah. So it's like Grizzlies got all the power in the world. They they can absolutely just sit and wait for one of these teams to get desperate okay. and, and make a move. You think the Lakers would? You think coups for Andre Iguodala is something you would do? Yeah, I mean that that that'd be cool, but. I don't, but how I don't much know. value does he actually bring to that, your team? I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be stoked. I wouldn't that's, be stoked that's pretty about much that it, because Kyle no, I'm just, I'm just asking. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That's no. all he he pretty much brings is just the experience being with the Warriors and their championship runs. Oh, well, Iguodala can play though. Yeah, but I, it's like he's not, not better not than he, he's not better than Kuzma. Yeah, he's not a scorer. He's just that you know defender that you throw at a couple uh, guys, and that's about it. Okay. All right, and then the last one, Tyler. You you kind of already touched on it, but. We all thought that CP3 was was not going to last in OKC, but he's he's kind of taken this whole thing on the chin and accepted the situation, and he's really making the best of it to to the tune of seventh place yeah. in the Western Conference right now. Has the ship sailed on OKC trying to move CP3, or is there still a chance we could see him get moved by the trade deadline? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's t- it's tough to tell because they're in the playoff position. You know, if they were in the playoffs, it'd be no brainer. Right, we. I, I still think they're shopping him. I would definitely think they're still shopping him because of that, that ginormous I think, contract. I just think that Oklahoma City's got to have Chris Paul, um, Stephen Adams, and and Dennis Schroeder all on the block. We got to think all those guys are on the block. Yeah, they, Get Gall- Gallinari, all those guys. Gallinari's if, definitely on the block. If you really wanted one of those guys, you can get him. From from Oklahoma City, yeah. Just if, if the price is right, and that's so, that's the game every team so, has to play during the trade well, deadline season. Yeah, and, well, and they have a little bit, you know. Right now, they're in a weird spot because they didn't really expect to be the seventh seed. So, yeah, exactly. And ultimately, I think they initially were shopping him because they didn't want to pay that. But ginormous Alexander has developed into a good, nice little player. Um, He's learning from the best point guard yeah, of this generation. You know, they, they, they're they a decent basketball team. Steven Adams is a solid top 10 center. Chris Paul's a top 10 point guard. They're they're good to go. So you still think uh, OKC keeps CP3, Jacob? Yeah, I think this year they're, they're going to keep him. It, I would be pretty surprised if they trade him at the deadline because you guys just both said it. They're doing so well. I don't think they, they thought they would be in the seventh slot right now. But that little lineup of CP3, Schroeder, and uh, 
Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like that's working out for them surprisingly. That's actually a really deadly lineup in the league. So I don't think, but they are also in a tough position. So I don't think they shop Chris Paul this season. But who knows? Maybe they find a good package deal at the at the deadline and they get rid of him. Also injuries, you know. The big point guard goes down, then maybe someone tries to make a move, try and, you know, save their season. Yeah. All right. That uh that does it for I really, I really there, there's a guy that I really want to get traded is Mo Bamba. To I where? Re- I really want him to get traded out of Orlando. I think that I don't think Orlando realized that when they took him that Vucevic was still so productive and that he was gonna be as productive as he has been. I think that they were more going to use Vucevic as a crutch to get Mo Bamba. And now Vucevic has just been so productive for him. I think that they're kind of like, you, you know, Mo Bamba's kind of gotten stuck behind Vucevic. And so Mo Bamba could be a starting center for probably a dozen, 10, 12 teams in the league. I think he's that good. So I was just drafted I'm, so many bigs though, Orlando. I, I, well, it's like Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon are great, you know, open court players. But like Vucevic and Mo Bamba are like seven foot centers. Yeah, and you know, Orlando they're, has they're to make it. It's a good match. I mean, I liked the idea of if you're three, four, five is Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and Mo Bamba. That is length, athleticism, and speed. And that's that's uh, what I was going to get to is they have to make a decision between Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba. Who do they want to stick with? Well, no, I think I think that they've made their decision with Jonathan Isaac. I think they love him. Um, yeah. I think Aaron Gordon is on the hot seat. I think Mo Bamba's on the hot seat. They know they they love Vucevic. They love Fournier. Um, but I, I would like to see Mo Bamba get, get traded. Where to? I don't know, necessarily know. I think San Antonio needs to get way more athletic. So it's like if San Antonio could snag a Mo Bamba, they all of a sudden just like starting him with a Marcus, their athleticism just shoots through the roof compared to what it is right now. Yeah. Um, but he could be, I mean, he could be a great pickup for anybody. Yeah. All right. So that, I mean, we're, we'll obviously keep talking about trades as the trade deadline approaches. It's a month away. It's February 6th yeah, this year. There's so. a, there's going to be, there's going to be some good pieces moving around. Yeah. All right. Last thing I wanted to touch on was the Miami Heat announcing they're going to have three days worth of festivities to retire Dwayne Wade's number three jersey. They're doing it February 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Wait, why the hell three days? Well, listen, I'll oh, get, the, I'll get to it. I'll three. get to it. Oh, well, that makes sense. They're, make, but they're still. making a whole weekend out yeah. of it. Live 11 and all the clubs are going to be popping that weekend. Trust me. Yeah. So they're going to have a tribute of his best plays on February 21st. They will retire his jersey on the 22nd at a game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, interestingly enough, the Lakers, the Thunder, and the Trailblazers all do not play that night, and they're all in the middle of homestands. So we could potentially see LeBron James, CP3, and Melo hop on private jets. Well, Chris Bosh is probably definitely going to be there. Yeah, because he doesn't play. But But in the middle of the season, LeBron, Carmelo, and CP3 all could hop on private jets and go to Miami that night. LeBron 100% will be there if... If it's on a night he doesn't play, yeah, no, the Lakers don't play that night. I have yeah. I have the schedules pulled up. Yeah, it'll be there. Yeah, people like that. I almost feel like Shaq would probably be there just because he. Shaq's probably going to be him. there. Alonzo Morning's probably going to oh, be no, there. It's going to be a big deal. It's fucking yeah. Dwayne Wade. This is this is the same, third, same is thing the like it was for Kobe when people old best, people showed up, old teammates. That's how it's going to be for Wade. Best, yeah, for sure. Third best two guard ever. I mean, yeah. this is big time, big time player. Yeah, and then so on the twenty third that Sunday. Uh, a documentary highlighting D Wade's on and off court life will be shown at American Airlines Arena to cap it's off. It's all, all the of footage the from their Wade's World Tour. It it's probably going to be footage from it, I think it, to, I think there's a bunch of footage though from like this last year that they took. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah he had a whole camera crew following him the whole year. Yeah. So it's it's awesome that D Wade's going to get his jersey retired. It's yep. It's. Tyler and I have talked about it a bunch on the show, and it's always crazy to see players you grew up watching, yeah, to see their entire career go f- yeah. full cycle. I've watched, I watched '96 draft class. I watched their whole, their whole era. I watched the '03 draft class whole era coming to some, an end now. Some still going. Well, it's coming to an end, you know, but it's it is weird. Yeah, but I just I thought it was. 
just impeccable timing that the Lakers, the Thunder, and the Blazers all don't play that night. And be nice. All three of those guys, the Banana yeah. Boat crew, will probably be in attendance for cool. the Jersey retirement ceremony. But all right, you uh, you guys got any shout outs before we get out of here? I actually don't. Not this week. All right, boo. boo I'm gonna shout. All right, I'm gonna. I have two. Go for it. Um, Michael Porter Jr. coming back, kind of showing the league what's up. Yep. Finally getting a good game of basketball under his belt and kind of showing, showcasing the world what he can do because this kid's super special. I mean, one of the best high school players I've ever seen. Yeah. So really cool to see Michael Porter out there. And then my guy Lonzo, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's just he's looking like he's in a good stride right now. Um, I just think he needs time on the court, just like B.I., yeah, I think these guys are so young that they're they're just developing so you know so much every year you know these last three four years, and uh, it's nice to see Lonzo hit hit some hit some shots. Yeah, definitely. I think four four straight twenty point games. Yeah, no, he's been killing it uh, so, the last like week or two. Shooting well, seems confident, just seems in rhythm, and that's like it, it just felt like he never got in rhythm with the Lakers, um, and you know I. I this is premature, but I would li- I'd like to see this, you know, fall through for the rest of the year. Yeah, I definitely, definitely have the same sentiments as that. My shout out this week is to Victor Oladipo. Oladipo announced that he is targeting January 29th as his return date. He hasn't played since injuring his quad on January 23rd, 2019. So it will be a little over a full year since Oladipo has last played. I'm excited to see what Oladipo will look like after such a long absence, and the Pacers have been—they've been treading along. They're currently sitting at sixth in the East. I think someone actually—this is an old topic—but I think I actually read somewhere where Sabonis's contract matches up with Kevin Love's mm. really well because they just—they just paid Sabonis. Yeah, and it would be you know Kevin Love joining the Miles Turner Victor Oladipo team. That's an interesting swap, and then, right? And there. then Cleveland gets a young. You know Sabonis, who's twenty three. You know, yeah. You know, budding, on, the, on the way up, on the rise. Yeah, yeah. What what they're looking for? I forgot about that one actually. That one was really interesting. Me and Blake talked about that one for a while. Oh, shout out, shout out, Blake Anthony. That's S- Sabonis for K Love. That's a good scenario. I I I would make that trade. I like that. Deal. It's good both ways. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland gets some value. Yeah. So all right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.